I never want to let my insecurity limit my creativity. So there's lots of times that I might think my idea is good, and you, in that vulnerability, you can go, let's just go with it and not ask for critique or advice. But actually, in that embryonic space is this, for me the safest place to get critique and advice, and it actually it gives my idea momentum later on. So I think that's been critical for me to kind of go. I can't be afraid of critique, and I hate it at the same time. So it's that tension, but I would never want to limit what I bring by my insecurity. This is a Hillsong Creative podcast where we hear from creative experts and influencers, the dreamers and the doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Hi, I'm Rich Langton, and on today's episode, we have Chris Matika, our stage and set design genius. Welcome back to the podcast. It's so great to have you listening and part of the journey. Today, I'm interviewing Chris Matika. She's our stage and set design. I call her genius, but she, really she manages the team that design all of our stages and sets for all of our campuses and conferences and albums and the list goes on. If you've seen any of our album recordings or you've been to a conference or you've even been to one of our campuses, you would have seen Chris's work. She's prolific and she works hard and she has a great team who implement amazing designs. The thing about what Chris does is she walks the fine line between being seen and unseen. Obviously, you walk in and you see a stage design or a set design, but the idea is that almost that becomes invisible, pointing to the message of the gospel, almost in a way that allows you to be comfortable and to be set at ease, and also almost to be welcomed home, as she'll talk about. So as as you listen, listen for the spirit of, of what Chris does. She's not trying to put on a show or to be seen or to... Uh, have the best designs just to have the best designs. She's creating stages and set design in order to point people to Jesus, in order to set them at ease and la- allow them to hear the message of the gospel being preached. So this is a great interview and I think there's an encouragement for all of us in it. Let's jump straight in. Hey, well, Chris, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this one for a little bit. Hopefully we're going to get into some real practical I guess, nuts and bolts of the part part that you play in the team. So I guess for the listeners, tell us who you are and what you do here at Hillsong Creative. My name is Chris Matika and I oversee our set and staging team. It can be hard to articulate, but practically it's the visual aesthetic that you see when you walk in the auditorium from conferences to weekend church. It can look like the stage set behind the preacher, can look like props for items, It can look like the story that we tell on the screens. For me, the simplest way to describe it and to approach it is that it's simply welcome home. Hmm. And for me growing up, like we went to this little church in Canada and I remember my mom would always have company or friend, my mom would always have friends over for lunch Sundays and I'd help set the table and I'd ask every week what side the fork went on, what side the knife went on. And I'd fall asleep to her vacuuming the smell of food And I was full of anticipation and it was never like because someone might see my table setting, but the fellowship and the friendship Mm -hmm. that would ensue. And I think since I've been in this world that so it's been that basic for me of going, we're inviting people over, they're coming to our home and we want to make it beautiful Mm -hmm. and a place that would open their hearts. And that for those coming every week, there'd be a bit of a wow factor that would 
set expectation for the worship in the word. Yeah, I love that. So you grew up in Canada, they did college, and then after that you slowly but surely mm-hmm. moved into the role you're yeah. currently in. Tell us about that because obviously there's, a, in a sense, a professional aspect mm-hmm. to what you do and yeah. then there's a just a natural gifting sort of, you know, seeing something that yeah. looks beautiful and making things yeah. look beautiful. How does that work? Yeah, I think I was lucky that I came at a time when in perspective mm. our church is quite small. It was definitely still big then, but we only had a couple campuses. And I think I lent on my gifting of team and management, like, as a teacher, you learn to manage people. So I came in, I think, using that as my strength and then very much having to work really hard at the design side. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a really great team. I'm Nathan Taylor, who still designs with us. Mm-hmm. He was just so helpful at the beginning of giving me critique and mm-hmm. bringing me along on the journey. And I just remember, like, I think it was an old poem, maybe by John Keats, that his dad had told him, but like, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of stuck with me as something that, you know, we're bringing joy, just, I guess, to help define the creative process. Mm. And then along the way, it's learning what our leaders find beautiful, mm-hmm. what defines us as a church and learning the distinctive of beauty for myself mm-hmm. and then beauty within this role and within this sphere. And I think quickly be able to go, if my beauty doesn't fit this thing, it's not wrong mm-hmm. and differentiating that creativity. Mm. I think that's important yeah, with think- any team to be able to mm. differentiate and not feel a failure because it's not fitting the sphere at the moment. Mm. I think that's really important, hey. It's mm-hmm. a big lesson because there's there's a natural aesthetic, something you might find enjoyable yeah. that, that, like you say, leadership or, or just the the style of church or the yeah. type of church you're a part yeah, of may exactly. or may not fit. Yeah, I can remember back in the day um, when Cass was in the events department. Yeah leading that team, we would literally grab like lamps <laughs> and um, candles and all sorts of things yeah. from home, bring them to church and yeah. put them on the on the platform. Yeah. We've come a long way <laughs> since those yeah. days. Can you describe for people, for example, here at the Hills Campus, yeah. what your role entails? So I guess, you know, because we, we would have smaller locations yeah. where, where perhaps not that we take things from home these days, yeah. but, but smaller locations and then a larger location and then the difference. Yeah. What does that look like? I think no matter your scale, budget's always a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think you ever arrive at having enough budget. So I think things that we've learned is to think long-term, so not just for this event and this is our budget, but how can we, looking at the year, we know our church calendar, where could we think a bit bigger and go, we can use this budget for these three events or even buying for or investing in furniture or things that they're trendy but not so trendy mm-hmm. that six months they'll look really old. So mm-hmm. it's just being really wise with our budgets, whatever size they are, to go, how can this last mm-hmm. and how can we see it being used further than this one event? Yeah. But so take me yeah. back. Where does it all start? So, so where do you begin with, in a sense, with a blank page or a blank page? platform mm-hmm. where do you start it's is at the start of the year you plan out all the, all the events and know what, what's happening mm-hmm. or how do you begin I think where we start is usually we know our key areas so vision Sunday is a massive starting point for us in church so we usually start designing six months out so that we do have time to do testing we do have time but one of the key things that we've really implemented is we're implementing drawing so I guess we start with tons of ideas actually like the product that we're using for this current set, I think we shared ideas about that product like two or three years ago, but it mm. it didn't have its place at the time. And then um, 
particularly with Vision Sunday and our weekend sets, we want them to have a bit of a timeless look, mm-hmm. um, something that statesman, it's giving this address that's kind of setting the church in a certain direction for the year. So say Vision Sunday has has a certain look yep. and that lasts for a certain period of mm-hmm. time, but that look, um, we replicate that across mm-hmm. all of our locations, yep. right, so globally. I'm just thinking for people you know, at, at churches have multiple campuses, yeah. how do they do what you do and then right. help it to, I guess, be consistent but then have a local flavour mm-hmm. as well? How do we do that? Well, I think the thing that we've learned is drawings are actually key. So we will draw everything. And the reason for that is actually to help our leadership understand where we're going so mm-hmm. they can see early on things that inspire the design, how it's going to work. So any conversation that happens, happens far beyond spending any money Mm -hmm. or getting really into the detail. And if we can bring them along on that journey, I think that sets us up as design team Mm -hmm. to really start to outwork it. And then my goal, and I don't think we're there yet, but is that we can send things out to campuses very much like IKEA instructions. (laughs) Because the reality is every campus doesn't have a team designed to this. If we can make it as easy as possible, It becomes a joy and less of a stress for them to install. Mm. And then we often work at, okay, if you can't afford this, here's other ways to build it. Mm -hmm. And we actually have, as we've built team, there's great synergy in going, this team from uh, Sweden will suggest how to build it a cheaper way. So there's a bit of camaraderie around how to make it, but we try to have different options Mm -hmm. that would fit different locations. It's really good. So as a church, we have a focus on um, the aesthetic and on making sure things are beautiful. I guess um, you can speak more to this, but but to represent who Jesus is mm-hmm. and who God is. Yeah. And then also on the other side, to take away distractions and make sure people, when then people walk in, they're not, um, I guess, confronted mm-hmm. or by, by something that's ugly or something that's out of place. But how can you make a design or how do you make sure that what you're creating and putting on the platform isn't sort of just for the sake of something, having something beautiful? Mm-hmm. I read once about theatre design and they said that um, the set should never sing the story in a way of like it shouldn't be the thing you talk about when you leave. Mm. And I think that's the same for us. We're definitely not talking in the same field of work. It's meant to be something that when you walk in, we do want it to have a bit of a wow factor, but the wow factor is not to go, look how good they are, but to go, this is not what I expected. And if I didn't expect this when I walk in, how might that shift my expectation of what God would actually do in my life? Mm. Um, We work really hard with film and television to make sure anything on screen behind the preacher isn't a distraction, that it's actually setting them up to be really represented well in whichever medium happens with you're in the room or you're outside the room. Mm. And um, I think it's to be a layer. Mm. Um, it needs to function. It needs to function for the band. Mm. You know, you can't have the preacher tripping over something that I think is beautiful. So right. there's there's always that tension of form versus function. Mm. I've heard it said that excellence is removing distractions. Mm-hmm. And I really love, I love that thought yeah. because I'm particularly in the area that, that you're working it can be so distracting mm-hmm. to have something that's just a bit off, not well uh, created or well designed. Mm-hmm. And I think your, your team does it really well, but you obviously spend a lot of time doing that. Mm-hmm. Does that come from, well, I guess my question is, what what's the passion behind it for you? I think I love beauty in its purest sense, that it would um, 
it would bring joy, that it could stand on its own, that even like I'll work with Noodle a lot on screen images. And most people might not notice anything that's on the screen when they walk in, but I would hope for the one that it would speak something to them, Mm. that it could be a layer of what's spoken in the message to them. But I think we get one of the biggest canvases in the church when you walk in. Mm -hmm. If it's wrong, if it's not excellent, you notice. Mm. (laughs) And so we have a responsibility to to God that we would bring our best. Mm. I just think like we are giving, I'm devoting my life to this. This is what's been put in my hand at the moment. And I don't want to give it second rate. Mm. I love that. So for you and your own sort of personal creative journey, did you expect that you might be doing, you know, working in a ministry, doing something creative? I could never have imagined this. (laughs) But like in high school, I wanted to be a visual merchandiser, design shop windows. I started out in uni and I had a job that was about the bottom line. And I quickly learned my life couldn't be about money. So probably prematurely and not understanding business, I was like, it needs to be about people. Mm-hmm. So I switched education. So actually, I find this the most beautiful weaving of God's plan. I get to be creative, but it gets to be about people. Mm. Have you had experiences where people have responded or that you've seen a response to to the platform that you've created? Yeah, I think. I hear lots of stories, and again, it's like you don't want that to be the story that people walk away with. But one of our girls in South America, she served on our team here in college. She's gone back to build the church in our South American locations. And one day she was at work flipping through Instagram, like missing out on color here. Her coworker saw that. It started a conversation. He'd never been to church. He didn't mm-hmm. think church could look like that. And through that, he came to church. Mm-hmm. And so it's those kind of stories that... I find really beautiful. I think there's a place for creatives within our church to find family and find team. Yeah. So then is that how you would define success? Yeah, I think, I suppose success is multi-layered, but I do think it's a success if it creates a wow factor. It's a success if you have a team of people that love it. Like we do long hours. So most conferences, there's an all-nighter or there's, But when you walk in the next morning and team are laughing and telling the crazy stories, it actually, it builds something that you can't manufacture. Mm. I feel like we're jumping all over the place, but it's probably (laughs) good. Um, Because as you say things, that sparks other Mm -hmm. questions for me. You said that sometimes you do all-nighters or Mm -hmm. even regularly. Why would people do that? Yeah, great question. (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest revelation for me is that no one has to be here. Mm Like we rely and we're built and it's part of our culture that we have volunteers. So no one has to be here. And that's, as leaders, a big responsibility to go, how am I building an environment that makes them feel included, makes them feel valued? Mm -hmm. And how am I equipping them for greater things in life? Like one of the guys on our team, he came to me a few months ago and went, what I've learned on our team is helping me deal with the situation with my boss. And that for me is like gold. I go, oh. Because I never want it to be just about the task. Mm. It's about, you know, helping them in their lives and their faith. Mm. Having those deep conversations while you're laying a floor for the stage, that's kind of where real life happens, within Mm. our team at least. Mm -hmm. And they work hard. I watch them, Mm -hmm. um, obviously, late night sometimes, but then just they just work hard. Mm 
Hey, if this is your first time listening, our podcast is brought to you by the Hillsong Worship and Creative Conference. It's a conference for all creatives and it happens every year. Check out more information at hillsong.com forward slash WCC. This is Kristen Matika, and these are my Fantastic Four. If I didn't have to sleep, I'd read in my extra time because I want to be smart, but I don't feel that I am. (laughs) The title of the current chapter of my life is Undefined. The latest book that I've just read is... I've started six books. My favourite movie this year was Wonder. I think I'm a bit late to the game, but I watched it on the plane and bawled my eyes out. From the beginning to the end. So sometimes you come up with the ideas, but you have a team of people that you yeah. work with and and often there's people doing drawings and I guess following through on the mm-hmm. idea. How do how do you make sure the ideas stay true? I guess to what you've presented to Pastor Brian and Bobby or mm-hmm. to Cass and I or how do you how do you get the end result and stay true with so many people in the process? I think that's the blessing and the challenge is there's no nothing we create that I look like and could give one person sole credit. It's a process of from our designers bringing ideas to the people outworking it, to it fitting in the space, to fitting in budget, to even how it's then brought to life by this whole other world of creatives. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing is from the onset to know what the critical elements are of the design. Mm-hmm. So even with Hillsong Conference Design, we've had to make a lot of changes based on budget, based on the room, things that kind of came at us left a field. Mm-hmm. But in working with Nathan and the team going, this is critical to this design. This is what keeps it true to itself. This is where we can compromise. Right. And then knowing when this element changes, this is when we need to bring it back to leadership for conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think in any process, it's knowing what's critical and then where you can let team run to enhance it, dream how it could be bigger or better. Do you then have checkpoints along the way, milestones? For us, the development is actually a very long process. Mm -hmm. So the idea takes time and thought, but it often sits with one or two people. And then the development is where it spreads wide to a lot of people. And that can be over a couple months. So we've had the Hillsong Conference design since January, and we're still in development now. Lots of changes and so I guess within that, we almost have to work backwards. Mm-hmm. So there's, for me, I guess the timelines are, when is the last possible date we can say yes with suppliers so it can be built <laughs> yeah. and in the room? Mm-hmm. And when does leadership need it so that they it can be included in all the rest of the creative development? And then how long do we need to develop? Within the development, We've tried to have timelines, but with so many moving targets and, you know, there's lighting to include and screens and content that that becomes, for me at the moment, kind of a muddy space. Mm. But we've got the front end timeline and the end end timeline. And I want to get better at the middle, but (laughs) for now it's a bit muddy. So as as an example of that, last Mm -hmm. year we had the worship conference and we had the beautiful round scrim Mm -hmm. um, curtain that some of our listeners would have seen. How did that come about and what was the process of of that? I think with Worship Conference, it was um, a brand new event for us. So actually, we opened it up to tons of our team to dream of designs. What could this look like? Because there was no go-to. 
And I felt a responsibility to bring something quite new and different. Mm. And we are at the start of the creative process, but allowing even cast to dream what this, what is this conference? Mm. It's not just a normal conference for us. So we carried that. We wrestled with a lot of ideas. And in the end, we had to go at the very end. Now we need to just start again from scratch. Right. Um, designed it really quickly with Nathan, our lead designer. And then from there, it was actually, because it's brand new, our budgets are different. Mm. So even bringing that to life, it was really innovative going, okay, we're using all our assets that we own. Mm. There was even fun tension of with other teams going, why are you using that element in the design? And we're going, it's because what, it's what we own and what's free to us. Mm-hmm. So um, he's really, one thing I love about working with Nathan is he'll work within the parameters of what can we pull out of the cupboard mm-hmm. and see in a brand new light. Um, and then our team here just really getting on board and moving quickly. So it was a fun process. Mm. I love that. I love the thought of um, reusing mm-hmm. uh, elements that we've already used in a new way or, yeah. or um, I guess, reducing what we need to spend by using what we already have. Yeah. Just thinking about it differently, yeah. which is a, that's a whole creative challenge yeah. in itself. Um, we often will say to our worship leaders that the, the platform is for service, not status. Mm-hmm. And I think that saying equally applies like real practically mm-hmm. to your area, that yeah. the platform, literally that you're building, the platform is for service, yeah. not status. And I think in the way you answered that question um, and and even throughout all of what we talked about, um, you can hear the heart of, of yourself and your team mm-hmm. to serve and the platform that you're building quite literally is for service, yeah. is to serve the greater message, yeah. is to serve the moment and the yeah. conference and leadership mm-hmm. and ultimately I guess to serve God. And I yeah. think it's really admirable and a right, the right way to think about it. It could be so easy to to use what you do to just showcase how mm-hmm. great you are, how great the team is, and even to be excessive in, mm-hmm. in, um, in sort of our creativity. And, in fact, that's not the spirit that you bring or the, the message or, or, you know, what you're trying to achieve. Um, and I think that's really great for our listeners mm-hmm. to hear and to, to think about as well. Yeah. I think our, um, what I love about our team is they will spend the week creating this giant artwork, if you will, and then during conference they'll be scrubbing out the smallest scuff right. on the stage and they care equally about both, which mm. is actually really beautiful. Mm. So in the process then, how do you work out what's just a grand idea and sort of maybe too much or wrong Mm -hmm. versus um, the right idea? I remember sitting in a masterclass at Hillsong Conference with Gio, one of our creative leaders from London, and he spoke about collecting things that resonate with you and how don't get too stressed about what it is, but just collect that which resonates and from there something might be birthed. And I guess when it comes to lots of designs being submitted and different ideas, that's really key for me is that it would resonate. Mm. And our designers will say, and it's really important that we're paying attention to what Pastor Brian and Bobby are speaking, what where they're leading us as a church, what you and Cass are speaking to us as a team. You're never going to go, I want squares in my <laughs> stage set. Right. But the way that you're speaking and that, if we're paying attention, I think we can be part of that stream of where we're trying to move as a team. Mm. It's part of our, um, as a design team, we take that very seriously that Mm. we want to be pushing the boundaries Mm. on what we've seen in church and what that looks like for a church. Mm. 
So that's something I think that's key to us that causes great tension because it's what we can never afford and what we can never achieve. But I think that's where the beauty comes in Mm. finding something that will work. Mm. Do you find that patience um, has to be a virtue? (laughs) As in, because you're collecting ideas all the time. And I've seen, I guess I'm answering your own question, but sometimes I've seen you, um, you guys have an idea that just sits sort of stored away mm-hmm. for the right time. Yeah. There's been some um, technological kind of things we, we haven't been able to afford, but then later the technology gets cheaper yeah. or that sort of stuff. So then is patience and sort of the fruit of the spirit yeah. important? <laughs> I think it's so important and one I've definitely had to learn. Yeah. And I think in the creative process not to just cave to the pressure of this is a timeline. Mm-hmm. Timelines are critical and we've... Mm-hmm. We've been on both sides where we haven't, we've just sat, we're not ready and we've missed something incredible we could have done. Mm -hmm. And then as a leader going, actually, no, I need more time because it's there, but it's not quite there. So finding that balance and that own confidence within myself, Mm -hmm. which takes time and experience Mm -hmm. to know when it's right and when it's actually just not there. Mm So then to people, creatives, you know, Mm -hmm. people not staged and set design, or maybe they are, but people listening what piece of advice would you give them um, when they find themselves to, in their outworking of, of their creativity? I think it's that tension of waiting on God and working in the midst of it. So, like, even if an idea doesn't settle in our team, we're still looking in that in-between bit at 20 different options of what it could be. So we're still creating within the waiting is maybe yeah. a good way to articulate it. Mm. I think another thing I've learned is I never want to let my insecurity limit my creativity. So there's lots of times that I might think my idea is good and you, in that vulnerability you can go, let's just go with it and not ask for critique or advice. Mm. But actually in that embryonic space is, this, for me, the safest place to get critique and advice and it actually it gives my idea momentum later on. So I think that's been critical for me to kind of go, I can't be afraid of critique mm. And I hate it at the same time. So it's it's a that tension, but I would never want to limit what I bring by my insecurity. Yeah. I think that's really important for people because as creatives, many, many of us would struggle with some insecurity, particularly when you're, I guess when you're creating, you're bringing something from, from right in the heart of who you are. A hundred percent. Putting it on the table. <laughs> so then to ask people to critique it mm-hmm. or, you know, what they think of yeah. it is al- almost can be a reflection of yeah. what they think of us. Yeah. How have you battled with that or gotten over that or how are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not over that. I think you just like with maybe a turning stomach go, what do you think? Let's have a conversation. Uh-huh. Um, and I also do it with trusted people. Yeah. I don't go to someone who I've never worked with and go critique this. Mm-hmm. It's people within a sphere that I would trust to give feedback, that would give honest feedback that's in the pre, but then also when it's installed and when it's, you know, we're at conference and it's in, everyone's going to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's, again, listening to the right opinions, even on that side of it, because otherwise it can crush you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think a big thing I've learned is something new in the next thing doesn't mean it has to be 100% new that no one's ever seen. I think sometimes the beauty of something new mm-hmm. is seeing something we know from a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, it's been fun chatting and I feel like we've covered lots of ground mm-hmm. in all sorts of directions, which yes. is fun. <laughs> um, so thanks, Chris, and hopefully we'll get to do this again sometime. Thank you very much, Rich. <laughs>
Well, I hope you found that interview encouraging and inspiring. I certainly did. It's always great to speak to some of our team and hear the heart behind why it is that they do what they do. I loved it when Chris talked about calling the lost home, a stage design. Imagine that, calling the lost home. I think sometimes we can easily minimize the part we play in the gospel story, but a stage could be a seed that helps someone hear the gospel to feel at ease and in an environment and to actually find Jesus in it. It's awesome. I also loved when she talked about making sure that the design concept and everything that she's doing is in line with the culture of our church, in line with the leadership of our church. She's not just going off and doing some great idea just because she can do it or just because the team can design it, but instead she's aligning the vision of her area with the vision of our church and of the church. She's trying her very hardest to bring something that Pastor Brian and Bobby and Cass and I and other leadership would actually want and would see as beautiful. It was interesting when she talked about her view of beauty versus what the culture needs or what the church needs and and its view of beauty, if you like. I think that's a challenge because so easily with our creativity, we can just bring something because we want it and we like it and it serves our purposes. But instead, we have to be serving the greater purpose. So stage and set design as service, amazing. I loved it and I hope it's a challenge. And as I said, I hope it's inspiring for you. Now we're going to change gears again and head into the Creative Compass, this time with Mush, Vicky and myself talking about initiative. So Vicky, you are strong on <laughs> utilising volunteers in uh, all sorts of areas mm-hmm. of church life mm-hmm. and particularly in the moments, special moments area, we would call it moments. You seem to have initiative self-driven initiative. Can you tell us about that? Did you always have that or is that something that you've developed? Specifically in relation to volunteer? Well, let's start with you personally, Mm. just initiative in general. Mm. I think I was born that way. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Jesus. So then we should find someone else. Not helpful. (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, Um, guys. Do you think it's a natural thing? Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I think... um, I think it's a, a really natural thing. You, I almost can't stop it. You're just... <laughs> it's a problem now. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it can be a problem in some environments. That's funny. So then what would you say to the person... We'll get somewhere. Don't worry. Okay. What would you say to the person who doesn't find it natural? Because I think, for me personally, mm, okay. I, think, I think that I can't help but create things. Yeah, As in, right. if I'm yeah. not creating something, yeah. I find something to create. And I've yeah. only just realised that lately. But I think that's that. It, that is an initi- self-driven sort of yeah, initiative yeah. thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think what I've seen with you, Vicky, like mm. just to give context, like mm. I think it's not just like the fact that you you, you just do it naturally. I think you're very aware of need. Mm. I think yeah. I think that's yeah. then then you match that up to maybe something like you say you're born with. That's fine, but I think the awareness of need is maybe something yeah. that you, then you go and attach that to the initiative, and you have this. And I think we're motivated by things we love. Yeah, right. And so I think like where I love and where my heart is leaning towards, Mm. then I want to put everything I've got into it. And I think acts of service is a strong love language of mine. And I absolutely love the church Mm. and the gospel and what we're called to do. And so all of the convergence of those Mm. things probably results in my incredible motivation and desire to 
fix things yeah. and find solutions and right. build things and do you think then that connect the dots does that speak to then having people in the right people in the right place do you think we you know as far as initiative goes we want yeah. people to show initiative yeah. but can we expect them to show initiative if they hate the area that they're serving in no i don't think so i mean i think we can to a certain degree but it'll never be with the depth or the level of excellence or the um the ownership the ownership or yeah. the ability to follow through and implement that we would want. Mm. I think when it comes to sort of volunteering and helping to find people their spot, I think one of my first major passions is helping people to find their ministry flow. Mm. So helping someone to find where is it that lights the fire in my soul that is over and above my regular working life that keeps me awake at night, that gets me super excited that I can't wait to see the outcome of. Right. And so that if you combine that with team building and needs that need to be filled, then actually you can end up with this incredible team of incredibly passionate, mm. um, driven, motivated, willing to go over and above people mm. who want to do something amazing for God. Right. Like I think... And they're just going to naturally take initiative. And in general, the issue is going to be drawing people in and helping to apply a little boundary and right. a little system. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I, in, I guess in my past experience, often in church life we just take whoever's willing. Right. And then we apply them to whatever we have to get right. done. Right. And so maybe as a leader, um, a, another way to approach it, like the way I've seen you do it and others in our team, is, is to – actually look out for, well, we've got a need yep. <laughs> and then look out for people who are specifically right. passionate about meeting that need. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it's sort of self-fulfilling. Yep. The initiative happens because they love doing yep. That's right. What whatever it is you're yeah. needing them to do. And I um, think willingness is not a, a bad launch pad. Right. Like I think if you're more person-centric rather than need-centric, mm-hmm. so I'm worried about or concerned or thoughtful about the human being rather than necessarily what I'm trying to achieve, then actually maybe a great first step for that person is just, if you're just willing, just come and try this. Right. I've got a spot, I've got a need, jump in. As I get to know you, as you get to know me, as you give something a go, we'll start to see where your passions are, where your skills lie. Maybe a better fit will will evolve Mm. organically out of the space that you're already sitting in. But that just takes ownership and leadership over that person's journey. So going, I'm with you until you find your spot, whether it's with me or somebody else. But the way you're talking describes uh, a leadership style that is is quite initiative-driven, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You're you're front-footed in trying to do that. Yes. And um, I think that our approach wants to be and and is um, about um, trying to include as many people as possible in building the kingdom, building the church and Mm -hmm. growing. And and oftentimes it's the other way around. Like you said, it's very need-driven. So I've got a need for this Sunday to fulfil a particular roster Mm. and so I need someone to do that or... Mm. I can't think of the word, but it's not leadership driven. Right, yeah. So it's it's volunteer driven. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Sister Margaret plays the <laughs> organ and she's always played the organ and we just let her play the organ, right. even though that's not necessarily fulfilling <laughs> the need you have. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. And so there's a stronghold on that yeah, area. Yeah. And sometimes leadership is showing the initiative to ask Sister Margaret to take a you know, uh, or we go off to then try something else or yeah. Um, yeah. allow room for someone else. Um, do you know? Totally. And I think yeah. that that's where some of the visionary visionary elements and mm. strategic elements come into the conversation. So like the need based is so immediate and it's happening in the next month or the next two months. Whereas if we think, okay, what's the visionary 
perspective, what's the strategic long game? And the long game might be actually we fundamentally as a church believe in the value of serving in the house of God. Mm. And so therefore within whatever area I'm responsible for, how am I creating opportunities Mm. for people to serve in the house of God Mm. in my department that are strategic and helpful and really hitting the vision of our church Mm. or the vision of our department, however we want to break that down. Yeah, right. Um, And some of that I think is really the long game. So Mm. like, for example, in my area, I would so love to have this pipeline, as it were, this leadership pipeline of creative producers where we have multiple people at different levels of skill, experience, Mm. time available, but we just know that for all those people they are in a place that they love, they're serving in a needed capacity Mm. and our long-term goal would be that we have a a pipeline of people lined up ready to go Mm. to be the lead producer on an item or a conference. Right. Um, but that will, that's, that sort of idea takes a year, two years, three years. Yes. It's not something you can do in a week or a month. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you're, I think that you're describing something that, that is really important because church happens every week. You mm. know, there's, there's always another deadline of, yep. of something to happen. Yep. And so as leaders, it's so easy to get caught up in just yeah. the next thing yep. and, and not taking this bigger, bigger picture approach. Yeah. Um, and really, I guess showing it, we, we forget to show initiative ourselves sometimes just because right. we get into the flow of the calendar. Right. Um, and then I guess the other thing to talk about there is uh, we're serving somebody as well. So we are under totally. leadership yeah. as yeah. well. Right. Yeah. And so sometimes I think as a team, we've just um, we've fallen back onto, well, leadership will tell us what we need to do when <laughs> it's, you know, when yep. they want us to do it or when yep. it's time. And, and that's sort of holding back you know, Pastor Brian and Bobby or Pastor Joel and Jules or, you know, it's it's holding back leadership from achieving all they can achieve because we're not being proactive as well. That's right. Have you found that too, Mush? And the thing is yeah, exactly right. Like if I'm sitting around waiting for, waiting for well, Rich will define what it is I'm supposed to do, that is, that first start I think speaks more about me than it does about anything else because mm. I, if I truly get what we're about, and if I truly get why we're here and why I'm in the role I'm in and why we have a team and, all, and everything else, mm. I will track this, whatever I'm responsible forward to the nth degree, mm. regardless of whether or not I'm getting, you know, daily instruction from Rich <laughs> or daily, you know, to-do list from Rich. I don't need that if yeah. I truly get what we're about. That's right. yes. yeah. If I truly get what we're about, I'll mm. take it and run with it. And yes, I may, I will you will give me input mm. and yes, you may speak into the, the, the direction, as, yeah. but it's not necessarily required. I don't mm. need you to speak into my world daily, weekly, whatever, for me to make progress. Mm. Yeah. If I truly understand and yes. what we're about and if I truly get what the responsibility is that I have. Mm. So. I found as well that when we as a team show initiative, when we're thinking and dreaming and being proactive in, in um, you know, looking at the calendar, looking at what's coming Mm. up and whatnot, or even just even understanding what it is that we're about, um, what it is our leadership would want us to be about, we get more leeway and more freedom and more um, ability to do the things we'd like to do because we're we're thinking the way leadership would want us to think and we're proactively taking to them solutions to to. And problems they haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And when we do that, um, it helps everything. It helps correct. It helps us and it helps our teams. Um, Absolutely. The initiative there um, actually sort of pushes everything forward. Yeah. Right. Um, 
our freedom forward, our ability to dream forward, um, the things we get to implement, it exactly. pushes it all forward. Exactly. Um, all right. So then just to wrap it up then, what would be one solution that you're working towards? Something that where you saw a problem, I guess, Vicky, you sort of already talked about producers, but mm-hmm. what's one area that you're looking to proactively looking forward and trying to you know, be, use your initiative in your area? I think for us uh, and within, you know, this little, what you feel like a sub-department that I'm part of, which is the production of creative technology, I think we are seeing need in just the leadership side of things, which is sounds, you know, which is sometimes can be really foreign mm-hmm. to that world of production because it's a very technical world and I don't think it always will be. But I think what's happened is we've begun realizing that in, in tandem with the technical expertise that we need to get growing in and everything else, there's a leadership component attached to it right against right. it because of the, the level of volunteers we're responsible for, the mm. scope and the scale at which we're expected to bring results and, mm. and everything else. So there's not just being good at your craft, there's being good at your craft and leading a team. Right. So, but that hasn't always been the case because we maybe, maybe, maybe even necessarily haven't needed to because in previous day, in previous you know years gone by, we've been able to get by with just being good at our task. Mm-hmm. But now, in a, in a sense, for here in Australia, when we've got thirty locations, mostly volunteer driven, it's no longer good enough just to be the, a good front of house guy or to mm-hmm. be a good lighting guy. I've got to be a good lighting guy and bring a whole bunch of people along the journey. <coughs> Because then that means then we can scale. We can anticipate the, the growth mm. that we're seeing and mm. being able to kind of be ready for that. Mm. So that's something that maybe we, we haven't necessarily had to do previously, but is definitely on the forefront of our thinking right now. Yeah. So an area where we're taking initiative at the moment is in our um, team building, our volunteer team building, um, because I see the strategic benefit for have, of having enormous volunteer teams of skilled and passionate people around what we do. Mm. Um, so we're doing a number of different things to to build those teams. We're having interest nights and we are welcoming people of all skills and passions because, you know, somewhat people have got to have something to join. Mm-hmm. You can't just join the team of one. <laughs> so trying to just create momentum in any way we possibly can mm. um, around these teams. Um, so that's probably one area where we've really taken initiative across the board in our department. Mm. But I'm thinking about the person who you were saying sits back and waits. Right. You know, and this would be my advice. Just ask. Sometimes you just need to ask. Like in our yeah, meeting right. a little yeah. earlier today, Rich, mm-hmm. and I said to you for this particular issue, would you like me to right. to take some initiative on that yeah. and help provide a solution? It's not my area. Mm. It's outside the scope of yeah. my role. Yeah. Is that something that would be helpful? Mm. And I think sometimes that's... A nice way to go, especially if you're afraid mm. of overstepping or mm. going outside the boundaries of your role or responsibility or yeah. department. You can just ask. Yes. Yeah. I know I said we were wrapping up, but you've raised a really good thing um, mm. because I think sometimes um, you show initiative and it's actually not needed or, yeah. or leadership does not want what, right. you're, exactly. what you're initiating. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so then as a, as a mature part of the team, we have to be open to open to not doing whatever we want to do or whatever we think we see the need Mm, and just having humility to do what leadership would like us to do. Fortunately, this morning when we were chatting, um, I'm all about (laughs) you doing that thing, so that's good. But (laughs) but it doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't always work out that way. And I think that's part of, you know, initiative is one quality we need to have, but then when um, 
when our leadership would not like us to do something. We have to actually be a team player as well and choose not, you know, choose to put that on the back burner yeah, um, right. or or hold off on that initiative yeah. um, as needed as well. And be aware that there's sometimes a bigger picture that we don't all know about. Right. So I think there's like in our environment and in a church environment, there's a discernment element. Mm. So actually 100%. sometimes that's just an area I need to keep my mouth shut. The Lord's at work or mm. something else is at work mm. that I don't know about and probably won't be invited into knowing about. Yeah. So just finding a way to be at peace with that, yep. move on, find something else to take initiative of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ask yeah. another question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't and give up, guys. sometimes it's just no, not now. Yes. Sometimes it's just no. Because yeah. like, maybe, it's, maybe it's a matter of priorities yeah. as opposed to right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter That's of right. there's three other things that need to get moving yeah. before this fourth thing then yeah. becomes a priority. Yeah. That's, That's all. right. Yeah. And sometimes it's a matter of... Um, of trust, as yeah. in That's right. sometimes we feel like we're in, we're uh, we've been around long enough, or we've served long enough, and and the leadership leadership should trust us. But maybe right. in that particular area, um, maybe they don't. And Very I good. guess there's different right. aspects of trust. Right. They trust us as a person, but in that area of of contribution, um, we haven't maybe got our enough brownie points. Exactly, That's to right. just growth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Maybe right. that. And so sometimes there's this element of self assessment in that as well, mm. and just working That's out our exactly place right. in it, yeah. making sure that we're not overstepping and trying mm-hmm. to be trying to show initiative in areas that just aren't aren't even needed or yeah. that we're not yeah. um, perhaps the right person for. Yeah. I think for myself, um, just to to wrap us up, I I think I've been looking for areas where my particular gifting mm. and my skill set can mm. contribute. Mm. And so trying to it's a bit like what we we're talking about mm. before, but I've been trying to find areas where I can complement Cass's leadership and where I can complement um our, our leadership above us and bring what I can only bring mm, to the table. Right. So, good. so things like our processes and our systems so and good. forward planning and all of that, they're areas where I can I can show lots of initiative mm. because they come naturally right. and I can be all you know, very passionate about it and it's an area where, where we can really improve. So yeah. that's one thing I've been trying to do as well. I love it. Thanks, guys. Well, that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud. And I'd encourage you to do that so you can be a part of the journey with us. We'd love to hear from you too. So if you want to give us your comments, do that on our Instagram. It's at HillsongWCC. And we'll see you next time.